All right, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Sunday night as I am recording this from a new spot, from a new apartment. Uh, I finally moved over the weekend. I know I've been talking about it a lot. I know I've been bitching about it a lot, but I have been in this process for a long time. This has been a long time coming. Uh, and when you're moving out again after living with family, living with your parents for the last couple of years during a pandemic, it's a big deal. So for those who don't know, I'm 24 years old and it, it was something that I did coming back from college, uh, just moving back in, hoping to be kind of in a temporary situation. And then the pandemic hit and that sort of changed the entire game plan. So I have been in search of a good situation for a long time and something popped up. We have now kind of reached a new era in, in my life that I'm hopeful to just continue over the course of this time. And we're just going to see where this goes. I'm, I'm really excited about the content that I can make from my new place. I've got a new desk. Uh, I am using my old microphone. Somehow the new microphone cord got lost in transit. So as I move back in, I should be able to locate that. So should be a little bit echoey in here. Should be a little bit uh, weird audio, but I'm sorry for that. I will definitely get that squared away as soon as possible, especially on Listen Back. So we will see. Uh, but for now, it's time to talk about the Nuggets again. I, I missed podcasting about Friday night's game. I'm going to touch on that in the first segment. And then in the second and third segments, I think it's time to kind of circle back and reevaluate where these rotation battles are going. Only have two preseason games left. They're back-to-back against the same opponents, the Oklahoma City Thunder, on Wednesday and Thursday night. Over the course of these next couple days, going to have a couple practice days, so it's time to kind of step back and reevaluate, I think. And so that's what's going to happen in segments two and three, but for now... Let's get in to the last game, which happened on Friday. I'm just going to go over some quick observations because I missed most of it on first watch. Went back and watched it. um, And I think that the primary takeaway has to be, holy shit, Bones Highland is just ready. I was so surprised. Everybody knows, and I've been very vocal on this podcast, that After initially not liking the pick, I've sort of come around to it. And then during the summer league period, you start to really come around to that idea, but don't necessarily know what it's going to look like heading into a new season. And then you get to the new season and you start to realize, okay, there are certain holes on the roster that when you think about the bench unit, when you think about what that unit needs, it needs scoring. It needs dynamic ability, especially when... Murray is out, and Porter and Jokic, you're going to want them to develop a two-man game during the season and not stagger them. That'll probably be happening anyway, but I think it's good to try to come up with a solution that doesn't involve staggering. And the best offensive player on the board, in my opinion, was Bones Highland at that time. So credit to Tim Connolly, credit to the entire Denver Nuggets coaching staff, and uh, just the the... Uh, player development team, the scouting department, everybody that was involved in that process because they got a real winner. Bones Highland, 6 of 12 from 3, 7 of 13 overall, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. you love to see what he was able to do despite the fact that he struggled with the bench unit in the first half. Second half comes in, 
He replaces Monte Morris in the starting lineup, and that lineup just cooks, just absolutely rolls with him at point, P.J. Dozier, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. That is a great-looking group, and Bones was somebody who added to it, replaced a lot of what I think you'd want from Jamal Murray in a lot of those lineups. He's not Jamal Murray, and let's be clear about that. This is still preseason, this was still the Minnesota Timberwolves, and this was not playoff-caliber basketball quite yet. But my observation is that Bones is ready. He has to be in the rotation no matter what, and anybody who says differently at this point is just being contrary because he's done it over and over and over again at every stretch of those as every stretch of his seasons. Every stretch of summer league, preseason, training camp, he has been the standout. So it needs to be said. He's going to be in the rotation, I think. I would be very surprised if he wasn't. Number two, the bench rotation outside of Bones, around Bones, is a little bit shaky right now. And a lot of that is because PJ's in the starting lineup. Will Barton has been out. Jamal Murray, of course, out. So you're playing up a little bit. You're not necessarily getting the full offensive punch that you would get during a normal second unit. And I think that PJ would definitely add to that group, and we'll talk about him in just a bit here. But yeah, this is a bad group in terms of offensive creation and stability around what Bones is going to provide, hopefully. You're going to have Faku. You've had Austin Rivers. You had Jamichael Green. And you had Jeff Green. And Faku creating, there are certain limitations that he's always going to have to his game. All he can do is set up as good of shots as possible, but he's never going to be your primary shot taker. He's never going to be a dynamic guard. And that's okay. That's not necessarily what his role has to be, but it does mean that you have to have more dynamic players around him. And so far this preseason, Austin Rivers has not been that. He's had a couple opportunities with the starting group. Um, He has been not great. I will say that judging him based off of the box score is probably missing a lot of the good that he does. He does a lot of good on the defensive end executes the schemes that Michael Malone wants to run, is going to be good on that end for sure. But if you can't run a functional offense with him out there, something where he's immediately catching and shooting, where he's creating off the dribble and creating for others efficiently, things like that, just running the floor and and, and making good offense, that's going to be an issue. It's definitely going to be an issue. So I would be a little bit concerned about Austin Rivers at this stage. I want to see him get some shots up. I want to see him be efficient. And I want to see him be a little bit more dynamic in these next uh, next couple of OKC games. Because he is probably the candidate that if you're going to put Bones into the rotation, he's the first guy that you think of to, to remove. So we're going to see. Uh, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, those guys are more finishers. They are not creators, and asking them to be creators is a bad idea. Jeff Green can occasionally attack a mismatch. He can occasionally attack in isolation or post-ups, but asking him to be a focal point is the wrong call. So Denver needs one of those. They need a focal point. Number three, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, they're fully ready. That starting lineup, when it was out there, 
despite the fact that sometimes say Aaron or Michael Porter missed a shot, uh, Aaron Gordon wasn't fully like shooting, and and he that wasn't his role in in the case of the offense that was kind of struggling, kind of not with that starting group, but the defense was really really good, and he was a massive part of that. Uh, his ability to switch out onto so many of the options that a team like Minnesota was able to throw out there really helped neutralize a lot of what they do. And then his ability to be physical around the rim, it prevented the offensive rebounds, the putbacks, the cuts, a lot of what you would see a standard interior defense fail to do. So it's great to see. I'm a big fan of what those guys have done so far this preseason. Uh, Michael Porter, growing his game a little bit for sure. Those six assists that he picked up in the first three quarters of the Minnesota game, that is something that he has never done before, at least not at the NBA level. Uh, His career highs are five, five assists. So the fact that he got six in three quarters, it shows that he's at least looking up more, that he's not necessarily, like I look through all the assists, most of them were just making the extra pass. There was one of them where he was running a two-man game with Jokic, dragged the defense away from Jokic, uh, stopped, spun, jumped in the air, and then dumped off a pass to Jokic who was running down the lane for a floater. That's a great sign that he can make that read on the fly and be able to hit uh, Nikola Jokic for an easy bucket. Because that's what you want those two to be able to generate. You just want them to generate the easy buckets. They can make the hard ones, but you want to see them mix in some easy ones here or there to show that they're at least functioning as a two-man game. So, liked what I saw. Like what I saw from B.J. Dozier. He has been a revelation so far this training camp. Just been really, really, really good. And if he were the starter going into the season at the shooting guard position, I'd feel really good about it. Now, he's not going to be the starter. Will Barton is going to be the starter, and I'll get to that in just a bit. But PJ, what he provides can be a good utility for the starters and for the bench. He's going to be out there with both groups, and if he's out there for about 20 to 25 minutes a game, Most of that's going to be without Jokic, so it's going to be tough, and he's going to have to have more creation burden than he's had so far. But he's looked good all around. Defense, shooting, playmaking, just smart basketball. That's what you love to see from him. And number five, I'm worried about Bull, Zeke, and Vlatko as rotation players. At various points throughout this preseason, all three of them have been really bad. Bull started out really well in the first game, um, has been less good and less uh, reliable ever since. Zeke has been not reliable at all, and surprisingly, he's been very mistake-prone in terms of what he's done. Now fouled two three-point shooters in the closing seconds of a basketball game, and that's just not going to fly. Like, that is not a smart basketball play. And if if he is going to be a fundamental positional defender, then he's going to have to not foul in those situations because that's a young player's mistake, or at least an immature player's mistake. I don't think Zeke is an immature basketball player, but he's making those mistakes right now, and that's a big problem. Bull is just turnover-prone as hell. Like, 
when he dribbles, it can be an issue sometimes. Vlaco is a little bit closer than the other two, but he also has a drastically lower ceiling consistently. Uh, liked what I saw from game three for the most part, but I would still be a little bit worried about him just because when he's been asked to be a part of the main rotation in the past, he looks a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe he won't look overwhelmed this year. Maybe he fits in nicely. And like if Jeff or Jermichael Green were to go down, then he could be a fundamental piece of that group. But I'd still be worried and I need to see it first. And I don't think it can be assumed that he can just do that. So we're going to see. But tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we will get into that guard rotation uh, and what we're going to see from this group. We will be right back. back pickaxe and roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate all the love and support you guys would be great uh, if you can it would be awesome if you could go over to denver stiffs check out our player previews we've been writing about every single player so far we've got eight players up right now uh, from monte morris to bull bull to vlaco chanchar to bones highland have a lot of good pieces up right now on stiffs and want to give a big shout out to our staff who have done an excellent job of maintaining that schedule and providing some great content for the entire Nuggets fan base. So make sure to check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Okay, let's talk about the guard rotation. Jamal Murray, he's separated from this discussion for now. Uh, he will be back eventually. Not sure when that's going to be. I have to imagine that it's probably going to be closer to February, All-Star break, sometime around there. But February is four months from now, uh, considering we're in October. Oh my gosh, we're in, it's crazy. We're in the middle of October. It's insane. November, December, January, February. Yeah, four months from now. So maybe Jamal Murray makes it back by then. Maybe he doesn't. But for now, it's good to start talking about who's going to be here, who's going to be kicking the Nuggets off. Uh, and trying to get as many wins as possible initially. Let's start with the let's just name the group: Monte Morris, Will Barton, Faku Campazo, P.J. Dozier, Austin Rivers, Bones Highland, Marcus Howard. Along with Jamal Murray, those are the eight players, um, seven plus Murray, who are going to be in the guard rotation discussion in this segment. Um, the starters. I think it's pretty clear that they're going to be Monte Morris and Will Barton. And despite the fact that P.J. Dozier has played really well, despite the fact that Monte has been a little shaky and Will Barton hasn't played at all, I think that it's it's those guys' opportunities to lose. And I don't think that they've lost them. Like, you don't lose it due to rolling your ankle in the second day of training camp, in Will Barton's case, or working your way back from an injury if you're Monte. Monte, of course. Still working his way back, hasn't looked perfect, but he did look pretty good in this past first half. Made a couple shots, made some good passes, uh, led the offense into a good situation with that starting unit. Definitely wasn't the starting unit that was the issue. And even in the, the first half, although the, the second half took precedence with Bones, uh, Monte was still good out there when he was out there. 
So got to give him that. Uh, Will Barton, he's also earned it. The Nuggets didn't bring him back this offseason to be a bench guy. Uh, they wouldn't have signed him to that contract and then done that. That's just not how they've rolled. So he is going to be a starter, and he's going to be great. I'm really excited to see Will when he gets back. I, I assume that he's going to be ready for this next OKC game on Wednesday. If he's not, then I'd be a little bit concerned, but it looks like he's progressing pretty well. I'm going to go into practice tomorrow and probably ask that question. So we're going to have to see. I'm looking forward to it. The biggest challenger here is, of course, PJ. Uh, He has been lights out. Might be a better fit in the starting unit because of what he provides as kind of a defensive complement to what Jokic and Porter currently do offensively. Uh, But it's just not going to happen. Like the, The front court is set, and we'll talk about them. The backcourt, it's basically set to, unless something crazy were to happen. I think that it's just going to be Monte and Will. Off the bench is where it gets interesting. You're going to have a three-guard bench unit, given Dozier's versatility, given everything that's been happening. Denver's pretty big in the front court with their starters, with Jokic there, with Porter at 6'10", and with Gordon at 6'8". They're very fundamentally athletic and big with their starting group. So they have the flexibility to be able to go a little bit smaller with their second unit. And that means going smaller in the backcourt. Three-guard bench unit, P.J. Dozier, he will be the sixth man. 20 to 25 minutes a night, that's what I have him currently uh, allotted for. That versatility that he provides, though, with his ability to switch, his ability to guard multiple positions, bridging the starters in the second unit, it's going to be key. And he's a very key piece to this year, probably more so than anybody but Jokic and Porter, in all honesty. Because if those guys are healthy, Denver's going to have a good offense. If Dozier is healthy and good, the Nuggets are going to have at least a connective piece that can fill in the gaps where needed. I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to have a great year. Bones, I think he's in. I think the bench unit is going to be Faku, Bones, and PJ. Bones has been a revelation, as we talked about. He's ready, way more ready than anybody thought. And he hasn't had a bad performance yet. That's just the thing with him, is that he has really hit the checkpoint every step of the way. A bad performance is eventually going to happen, because he can't be this good all the time. Because if he is, then he should start, frankly. He has been awesome. Until he has a bad performance, though, I think you ride the wave. I think you continue to put out the dynamic offensive player, help him learn, help him grow, uh, put him on the fast track to be able to potentially help you in a playoff series, to be able to be a fundamental piece of the rotation going forward. Because Denver's about to get really expensive. And having somebody like Bones on a four-year rookie contract, that's going to be just incredibly valuable for Denver, that if he outperforms that massively, then you're in a really, really good spot. Faku's kind of that fringe option, in my opinion. And it's not because he's been bad. Like, I think that he's just been Faku. Like, he's been a good defensive pest. He has been a good facilitator. He has 
done a good job of setting setting the table for the bench. Despite the fact that it's been tough and they haven't always made their shots, I don't think you can really put that on Faku as much. Now, when Faku airballs, and I've I've watched him airball multiple times in this preseason, uh, that's that's a little bit it's a little bit scary. You don't want him to be out there and then not have the opposing team guard him and then him just only take wide open threes. Because if that's where you're at, then it's going to get so much more difficult for the rest of the bench to operate, even if he's a great passer, even if he's a great defender. He has to be a good shooter. That's why Bones is so important, frankly, is because he is a great shooter, and it's it's legit great. And that greatness comes from also being able to get to the rim, which is something that Faku struggles with as well. So there is at least an argument that if Denver goes to a nine-man rotation as opposed to ten, then maybe they should have Bones in there instead of Faku. I don't think Malone would do that. I don't think he would bench Faku and Austin Rivers, but it's at least something to talk about. Um, but we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see what Faku looks like over these next couple. I think that he's still in the rotation uh, for at least the time being, and we'll, we'll have to revisit this if Bones is in or if he's out and just try to figure it out from there. The biggest challenger to this group of Faku, Bones, PJ, is Austin Rivers, who, in my opinion, is just unceremoniously kicked from the rotation by a rookie that was way better than people expected initially. And that's not something that anybody can control. That's not something that Austin Rivers probably thought when he was brought brought back. He probably thought, okay, hey, rookie's going to sit. I'm going to have my time, and we're going to continue to compete for a championship. He may not be in the rotation, and I know that playing a rookie over a vet is difficult, especially for a vet like Austin Rivers, who's just fully invested himself in Denver, taken a minimum contract in order to be here. Like, it's crazy. Still, the best player should play. Bones has been better, and I don't think that can really be debatable at this point. Now, if you want to debate whether Faku or Austin Rivers should play, and maybe move Bones to the one, that's at least a possibility, given that PJ will be in the second unit and you can still handle a little bit of um he can still handle a little bit of the offense. But it's gonna be interesting. I am very curious to see how this plays out. Here are the estimated minutes that I have for this five players Monte, Will, PJ, Faku, and Bones. I have Monte at 30 minutes a night. Will Barton at 32, P.J. Dozier at 22, Faku Campazzo at 16, and Bones Highland at 14. At least at the initial outset start of the season. This is an estimation. This is more of a guess as to where we are right at this moment, but also kind of a project, a prediction. I'm not sure what would happen over the course of the next two preseason games to really change the mind of what I've seen so far. Now, maybe if Austin hits five threes and just defends his lights his pants off, like that would be that'd be great. Um But at this moment, I think that those five, Monte, Will, PJ, Faku, and Bones, are in the rotation. Playing at about the amounts that I have them penciled in for. And if Bones proves that he can handle it, he'll get more time. If he doesn't, then maybe Austin comes in and they keep a ten man rotation. Maybe they cut it to nine and they start staggering MPJ. I don't know, but we're going to see.
Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the front court rotation. Same way that we just discussed the backcourt. We'll be right back. They mean a lot. So if you could help grow the program, that would be super, super cool. Thank you so much. Okay. PJ Dozier, his minutes are going to carry over to the front court since he will almost certainly be playing the backup small forward for most of his time. Whether that happens when MPJ moves to the four, whether he's just replacing Will Barton when he comes in and then slides over, I don't know. But the majority of his time is going to be at the three, so keep that in mind when we're having this discussion. Here are the other players on the roster. We've already named eight, the seven plus Jamal Murray. Now let's name the other nine. Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, Bol Bol, Zeke Naji, Flacco Chanchar, Peter Cornelie. Cornelie, of course, on a two-way contract. It's going to be difficult to pencil him into a full-time rotation spot, but maybe he earns that at some point. You never know. But for now, I think this is the easiest call of the bunch. I think it's pretty easy to just pencil in the starters. Michael Porter, he's going to play the vast majority of his minutes at the three. Then P.J. Dozier will play the backup minutes in a lot of it. Um, But MPJ can also slide to the four on occasion. Uh, Denver has a lot of depth at the front court, so he may not slide to the four as much as people might like. But when Aaron Gordon sits, maybe Michael Porter stays out there just a little bit longer, picks up one or two extra minutes, and then sits as well. That's kind of where I'm at with this. Aaron Gordon, he's going to play most of his minutes at the four. Could also technically play the three in some lineups when when he's out there with both greens, or if one green is out there with Jokic, and if Gordon is always out, if, if he's also out there, then he will be the de facto small forward. And given what we've seen from him from a ball handling and shooting perspective, that's okay. It's not my favorite look, but if Denver's in a situation where they're matching up with another team that plays pretty big, that's okay with me. We'll just have to see it. And then Joker. You pencil him in for 34 minutes a night, on average, pretty close. Nuggets fans and Michael Malone will be begging for him to play more because the bench is still going to be bad. They're still going to try to figure it out without him. They're hoping to tread water. But the most important time comes in the 34 minutes that Jokic plays. Then he'll have about six to seven minute stints where he sits on the bench and rests up a little bit, and hopefully Denver doesn't give up the lead that they've accumulated by that point. That is the goal. Bench time. Jeff Green, he was brought into play. He was not brought in to sit. I think that he adds some good versatility and mobility to this group. Playing without him, and instead penciling in Jamichael Green and maybe one of the young guys, I think Denver loses a lot of confidence. I think you like what Jeff Green can provide 
as a switch defender, as somebody who's going to rotate, he's going to box out, he's going to let others shine, and he's he may not shine himself all the time, but he can do a lot of different things on the court and do them reasonably well to the point that you want him out there, especially when Jokic sits. That, I think, is something that should really, really uh, pay attention to because he's going to be a nice pick-and-roll partner, a nice pick-and-pop partner, somebody who's going to be some of the focal points when Jokic is not out there. Jermichael Green, he's also rock solid. He's somebody who's going to make close to 40% of his threes, either above or below that. He's going to rebound. He's going to play positional defense. It's going to be good. I definitely think that he is going to be kind of the unsung, unsung hero of that group, where he doesn't get as much of the credit, but he's going to consistently make one to two threes a game, rebound four to five times a game, uh, block a shot here or there, but mostly just provide good production and stability for that group while other people shine. And it's going to be great. I am hopeful that it's going to be great. He's going to slide to the five a lot. So I'm going to be looking at his defense and how he defends and matches up with bigger guys. There's going to be a lot of big center matchups out there for him. So we're going to see. Dozier will get his minutes at the three, hopefully not the four. Um, that was that was definitely something that happened at the beginning of last season that Denver's not going to have any problems getting rid of unless they get some injuries. But the biggest challenge to that group, I think, is going to be Bull Bull. I think he's going to be the biggest challenger. Uh, somebody who they're going to want to add to add to the scoring ceiling of the group, to add to the rim protection of the group. Somebody who can shoot, block shots, create some offense for himself, maybe create for others occasionally. I don't think it's going to happen, which is why he's a challenger and he's not in the rotation. But I think it's at least something to consider. I think that he's ahead of Lacko and Zeke in the rotation. But like I said in the first segment, I am worried about those three. Uh, It will be Bulls and Flacco's third seasons without being a legitimate role player in all likelihood. In the last years of their deals, both will be expiring at the end of the season. And that is something that is at least a little bit concerning, that when when you're, you're fighting for a contract and you're trying to get on the court and you're trying to do everything, but it's just not working, sometimes it just sours. And I think that was a situation that happened with Malik Beasley and Wachahana Gomez. And that's one of the reasons why Denver made the trade that they did when it wasn't a great value. They, they knew that they had to find a situation to clear out the rotation a little bit, free up some time for Michael Porter. Maybe that's what Denver does. Maybe they decide, okay, hey, we like what Zeke has done. Uh, we're going to add him into the rotation. Bull's not going to be happy about it. We're going to trade Bull. Maybe that's something, or it could be the other way around, or it could be Vlatko. I don't know. But I just don't think that that's going to be a tenable situation for everybody throughout the entire year. Because like I said, Bull, Vlatko, they're in their third seasons. They haven't done anything legitimate yet. Zeke, he still has time. He's on his rookie contract, just got into his second year. Denver just picked up the third year on his contract as well. So he will be back in all likelihood, unless they decide to move him. This isn't a make or break year for Zeke. 
it is for Bull or Vlatko, in my opinion. I think that those guys are definitely it's a little, little bit worried, at least, especially about Bull and Vlatko, maybe Zeke. We're just going to have to see. But it's just crazy that Zeke has been so mistake-prone when he was so far from that in his first season. So we will see where that ultimately pans out. But for now, estimated minutes with this group at full strength. Uh, this is without Jamal Murray again. Uh, Jokic, I have at about 34 minutes. Michael Porter, 32 minutes. Aaron Gordon, 28 minutes. Jamichael Green, 16. Jeff Green, 16. Uh, I don't have Bull in there. I don't have Zeke in there. I don't have Vlaco in there. And I don't have Peter Cornelly in there, just in case you were wondering. Uh, but that totals up to 126. The backcourt rotation was up to 114, so that makes 240 on average. Once again, that is an estimation to start the year. So if you're interested in seeing some of my rotation stuff, that's what I generally do throughout the year. I'm probably going to write something about the rotation over the course of this coming week and probably give a visualization of how I see it breaking out, maybe after the preseason games, maybe after we see that. We're just going to have to see. Like I said, Nuggets have practiced Monday and Tuesday. Then they will travel to play in OKC on Wednesday and Thursday, then come back, and then we've got basketball. It is crazy. This is coming out on Monday, October 11th. October 19th is the start of the season. That's insane. Denver plays on October 20th. We are officially eight days away from that. Nine days away from that, excuse me. Nine days away. From Denver beating Phoenix on the road. That should be fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. That'll be it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to use promo code NHS when you sign up. Uh, really appreciate all the love and support. Uh, really appreciate all the, the congrats from moving into this new place. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, gonna have some great content coming out, both on stiffs and maybe somewhere else. You're just gonna have to wait and see. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon.